Welcome to the Full Circle Podcast, Finding Your Way Home. I'm Gillian McMichael, your host. Now, today I am in conversation with Deb Screen, who is founder of Wishfish, which is a coaching and development organization and consultancy. She's been in business now for quite a number of years, and I've known Deb since 2005. And so it's so I don't know. I'm just so happy for her to be here today so we can have this amazing conversation. Now, we're talking today around obstacles and really how you can overcome those obstacles when, quite frankly, you're forced into situations that are not necessarily your choice or you're in control of. And Debbie's had some quite significant things in her life. So I just want you to sit back, enjoy the conversation and just learn, if you can, from Debbie's insight and all of her experiences. Debs, welcome to the Full Circle podcast. Thank you. Finding your way home. So glad that you're here today. So we've known each other since 2005. 2005, yeah. Long time. A very long time. When you think about it like that, it's like, wow, where's time gone? It has, yeah. hasn't it? And we've always stayed in touch, but we've never we actually done this before. I did, you know, I've been on your podcast and we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, but really glad that you're here today. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. So today we are talking about overcoming obstacles no matter what absolutely yeah. all yes. right so I think what might be quite useful I could do an introduction but actually I much prefer it coming from you so let's hand the reins over to you and you can just share a little bit about yourself tell us what you tell our audience what you're doing now yeah and then we can maybe rewind a little yeah. bit to to talk about some of those big obstacles that you've had to overcome of course all yes. right looking forward to it so I suppose I, if I go back I started my life as a medical secretary, so which was a way, way back, mm. back in the 80s. Oh my God, that makes me sound ancient. And then obviously fell into the world of people because it's always been people that have been my passion. So then moving through into the lovely world of personnel and, and now HR yeah. and then learning and development and then fell into coaching really, which was just because I did a workshop and my manager at the time said, oh, you're gonna deliver that workshop. And I went, huh, what's that all about? Um, and then actually loved it and sat and listened to the, the person that was actually teaching us. And I went, but I do that anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I listen, ask loads of questions, really curious, love people. Um, and so that was where it sort of came from. So fast forward a million and one redundancies later, not quite, 11 redundancies later. 11, 11 redundancies later mm -hmm. in my whole of my career. I think back in 2005 went, right, that's it. I'm not going to be made redundant again. I was either on the receiving end of it or I was managing redundancy. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I thought I'm going to follow my dream really is to work with people. Mm -hmm. And then hence went and found you yeah. and traveled all the way up to Scotland <laughs> on some random train. That I went, where am I going? <laughs> it was in the middle of nowhere, it wasn't it? It was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Beautiful though. Mm. And that was when I just thought, right, I'm going to get my accreditation because that's something that was really important to me to be validated mm -hmm. because of, you know, Dow and all of that stuff that comes yeah. with being made redundant a million times. And then and now working as a coach and learning and development professional and um, running my own business, which is Wishfish since 2005. So I set it up, did my coaching, worked a little bit, and then fortunately everything sort of crossed over. So that's a bit of a nutshell. That's me. Amazing, thank you for sharing that. So let's look at those redundancies first yes. of all, because 11, 11, I don't think, I mean, actually I didn't realize that you'd had 11 redundancies, which is quite a lot, I think, for people it is. for anybody to deal with. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about the impact that 
Because that is a big obstacle, right? It's huge um, because you go, you don't go into work and then think, okay, I'm here for a little while, then three years later you're going to be yeah. completely out of work. And then having to find another job on the back of having to process, I suppose, the emotion that goes through it. So the first time it happened, I'd been working for three years in a company and then they were just doing a restructure. So when you think back to the like late 80s, 90s, there was quite a lot of that right. going on. And the first time it was, I was devastated. One, because I absolutely loved the job I was doing and I never saw that coming. Mm. So then overcoming any self-doubt, overcoming that, oh, maybe I'm not good enough to be employed anywhere else. You then get on that rabbit um, worrying about going, right, where do I go now? Where do I yeah. go now? Mm -hmm. So fortunately, at the time it was a lot easier to walk into jobs I suppose so I suppose the first three times it was a bit of a shock still yeah. when it was the fourth time it was a bit like all right here we go again mm. um because I knew I could get a job and yeah. therefore my mission obviously my son was born in 1994 so therefore it was always about him and me and yeah. keeping a roof over his head absolutely so I think that was my driver that said as long as we're safe as long as I can provide for a roof over his head mm -hmm. then that's okay I worked three jobs at one point just to manage everything yeah. loved them but hard and yeah. raised him as a single mum so it was lots of stuff that went on but actually I think when I reflected back on it and part of the obviously the coach training we did was very much around self-reflection and yeah. How have you got to where you've got to today? And I probably hadn't done that. So to process that now is like, wow, yeah, 11. I just thought, oh, well, here we go again. Because it's quite hard, I would imagine, because I know people who, I mean, well, they've been made redundant once, but certainly not 11 times. And it is difficult not to take it personally, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Especially, like you said, those first few times, because you're kind of thinking, well, why, why yeah. me and what's happening to me? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I know it's now a long time ago, but... Can you remember your mindset at the time in terms of, I know you had that determination because you had to provide for your son and, yeah. and like you said, keep the roof over the head, but but what else was going on for you in, in that internal mm. kind of space for you well, at what's that going time? On? Mm -hmm. I think it was, um, as well as going, oh my God, shock. I think there was the doubt, obviously, but also this panic was going on yeah. saying, you know, what if I can't find a job? And I think that was the bit that said, where do I go? Where, who can help me? What support do I need? And I suppose that's something that I've done since is then people who have been in similar positions, yeah. I've been able to sort of say, you know what? I've been where you've been. I completely understand what you're going through. Let me help you. Yeah. So I suppose I was determined to turn that around so that it was always a positive that came out of it. Mm. There's always an opportunity. I think I've always had that mindset to go, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. There will always be something. It might not be what you, your dream job or what you want to do, but knowing that there will always be something that you can do. And I went, go on then, yeah. I'll just find it. So mm. I suppose my dad's always drilled in hard work. So mm. I think that's what mm. came through a lot was, you know, if you work hard, you'll get the rewards. And if you want something, you have to work hard at it. So I think that was the driver. I never took any time off as per se. Yeah. I just went, right, I need to, I'm losing this job now. Especially as my was in I was in HR. So yeah. I was processing lots mm -hmm. of people as well as myself. I sort of knew when the deadline would be. Yeah. So I'd start working on getting my C V out. So again, that getting into I suppose practical. Yeah making yeah. it work and then probably collapsing in a heap afterwards because yeah. it was like oh I've got a job and then you relax yeah. and then obviously everything comes yeah, forward I suppose you're wrong because obviously I mean there's loads of people that most probably who are listening to this who either have been redundant mm. or even facing potential redundancy because there's so much going on at the yeah. moment so I suppose that 
digging deep, having that resilience and actually treating it as, you know, I just have to be practical here yeah. and get through this. And get a but, job. And, and get a job, mm. absolutely. But I suppose it's really hard in those moments when you're in that survival mode or that kind of sense of, because you're on high alert, aren't you really, Massive. I suppose? yeah. And then it's only when you then, like you said, step back and relax that you just might go, <gasps> yeah. You know, and kind of physically and emotionally kind of yeah. relax. And I'm, I'm assuming that when it could be quite emotional, though, at those it's times. It's really, really emotional. Um, and it's where do you go with that emotion? Because yeah. obviously in my role of HR, then I was looking after everybody else. And I know that's part of who I am anyway. And then you sort of go and see your boss and go, actually, I might need to talk to somebody about how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And it was, oh no, we'll just get through this. So a lot of that emotion that was surrounding it was probably buried. And I just pushed it to, pushed it down, pushed it away and then kept working hard um, to the point, I think, back in, I can't remember exactly when it was that, um, you know, I sort of had a breakdown because I couldn't cope anymore. And then it wasn't until somebody was working with me to understand where that had come from that actually when you look back, it was the whole backup of yeah. everything that had happened up until that point. And I think that's that was a real wake-up call for me to sort of go, wow, if I don't look after myself mm. and start to align what's important to me, and as you, like in your book, you know, coming home to self, right? If I hadn't or don't start doing that, yeah. who knows where I'll be? And I think that was a that was the first really wake up call, probably. Um, and that was probably the final, probably no, no redundancy number ten. I think yeah. it was at that moment that I thought I can't, I cannot keep going and doing this. No, because it just feels like you're doing the same thing on yeah. like Groundhog Constant. Day, maybe. You know, yeah. and and I can see how you would feel exhausted mm. um, and really kind of pretty burnt out by all of that yeah and I think sometimes and I tell me it feels very much like we've talked about that you know you're on that sense of that treadmill just doing it because you need to and you have to yeah and I suppose when you're a single mom as well and I've been a single mom too so yeah you know I know what it's like you, you your main focus is providing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you You've got to look money. after yeah. that little person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so you don't actually take time to think. No. You are just completely, I'm going to go for this. Yeah. This is what I have to do. And I do it. So I suppose there will come a point where you do need to stop yeah. and rethink. You do. And you've got to listen to your body. Yes. And I suppose that's, as we know now, obviously working in the world of wellness yeah. like you do and everything else, if we don't listen out for or watch out for the triggers or the, what your body's telling you, then, and you ignore it, eventually it will catch up with you, right? It and will. I remember not being able to get physically get out of bed because it was just a case I'd drive up to Birmingham, there was, we wouldn't think anything as a team at that time. It was hard work. Yeah. And because they'd offered us the opportunity, if we wanted to, we were in HR, but if we wanted to get into L&D, we could, but we had to do both roles. So because we're traveling up and down the country, it wasn't just me. And then you go, all right, okay, then you come home, look after your son, pick him up from nursery, drop him off, yeah. you go up the motorway, going back, you come. And in the end, you just think, my it's body going, was yeah. just going, you're not going anywhere. And yeah. it literally stopped me from getting out of bed. And I was like, oh my God, what's going on? Um, it's quite an unusual feeling oh, that, isn't huge. it? I would not wish that on anybody, which I suppose when I talk to people now, I'm very um, mindful, I suppose, that they stop and think about their well-being through it. Mm. You know, I always say to people, you know, you're being made redundant. Okay, that's really unfortunate. Or they might have a compromise agreement, whatever, and exit yeah. out. I go, right, first things first, how much money? I'm not going to ask you exactly, but have you got enough money that mm. will buy you time yeah. so you don't run from one job to the another? Because I think that's what I did, yeah. just out of sheer panic, I think. And I, and I think that's, that's, that's most probably what a lot of people mm. do. Um, but you're right, if, if you have got some 
available cash, it's good to take that yeah. pause for breath, isn't it? And Absolutely. Take that. And use that to say, okay, I don't, you know, fortunately, some people don't necessarily have to work for mm. another six months. Yeah. So therefore, whilst it's lovely to have that lump sum, it's not yours per se. And I always sort of, in a, from a practical point of view, when people come to me for advice around it rather than coaching i would say well what do you want to know and they go how do i survive through this yeah. period of time so you know it's that ability to then share that story and then flip it back to them to yeah. say now what what are you yeah. going to do as a result mm. of that but yeah, yeah it was mind-blowing so that was obstacle number one yes <laughs> but yeah. i know you've had more i have had a few so obviously you set up the business then so Wishfish yes is your organization and it's a very wonderful organization and Thank you'll share you. at the end with everybody where they can get hold of you and okay everything. so tell me what happened after that once you got mm. off the ground with the business so fortunately and that's the i always look for the opportunity right so set the business up in 2005 then came and made sure everything was working how it should be and I was validated and then in 2010 I had a massive car crash which I don't actually remember so I only can go on anecdotal stories that people okay. have said mm -hmm. so um, and I still don't remember it to this day but what happened was I ended up being um, in hospital with a massive head injury in 2010 that I woke up and somebody then there was no airplanes I live near Gatwick airport and I woke up and went it's very quiet here in the hospital that's literally on the wrong way. Mm -hmm. um, and they said, well, there's been a big ash cloud. And I went, what? Yeah, so it was really, wow. yeah, so I hadn't, hadn't clocked that at all. Um, so that was really quite scary as well because suddenly I thought, oh, I've had a car crash. I've got a massive head injury on both sides. I'll be all right. Yeah, because I'm always a believer I'll be all right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I had to really recover from it and mm -hmm. then realised that that was in the April and then suddenly I thought, oh, my God, I've got to get back to work. Yeah. So in the June, I'd committed to doing some work for somebody and um, I made that happen. So my, bless my mum. She came with me on the train. So I wasn't on my own. How I did that, I have no idea. I couldn't to this day tell you what I gave them training on. But it was just that impact that it had. I hadn't probably appreciated it. Yes. And I think I've had to work hard to overcome that as well. And did you have any side effects? Yeah, so I've got, um, I can't recall details. So if you were to say to me, Deb, can we go over that again and tell me what you've just told me? Yeah. I'll be going, Right. Uh, not sure if you'll mm. get the same mm -hmm. answer. So I could have panicked. I, well, I suppose I did panic a little bit going, how am I going to deliver training? How am I going to yeah. coach people one-on-one? Yeah. -on -one? Because a lot of that is um, being able to recall some of the conversations, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. So, and you know that. So I started to think about, wow, I'm not going to be able to do the job that I really want to do. And I suppose it really made me think, right, okay, that's it, I'll just give up. And I went, no, actually, there's got to be a way around this. There has to be a way that I can still continue doing what I love to do and own it, I yep. suppose. Mm -hmm. So that's that's exactly what I did. I just went, right, okay, I'm not going to be somebody that if you come on two workshops, you're going to be very different experiences for people. But what I did was sort of re I suppose I repositioned it to think, well, actually, it's not about me. Yeah. It's about the people in the room or the people that I'm coaching. And as long as they walk away doing something or learning something, mm -hmm. then I've done my job. And I think it was that shift to go, hey, it's a bit of a quirk, really. You know, I don't have to remember the detail um, as long as I take some random notes. And um, I look back at my notes and I go, what did I write? What's that? And I yeah. then try and consciously will then work through to that last session or that training and go oh yeah I did do that and I did do that mm. so initially I recorded everything but I never watched it because I just thought that's yeah. not going to help mm -hmm. because actually it's not about looking back 
it's about thinking right how do I make it work now moving forward yeah. so yeah. and it's still to this day I don't recall a lot of detail about anything I like we said I came and did my coaching training with you up in Scotland and I do remember getting on the train couldn't tell you which train station I got on at yeah. or what train station I flipped at to come up to the next bit but other people will be able to probably tell you what the weather was like or yeah. and so going on holiday and doing things like that I take loads of pictures but I can't recall the detail of it or the feelings that it evoked and that's quite sad at yeah. times so and I have to not wallow in that. I just think, I know I went to New York, for instance, and took my mum for her 70th. And we went up the Empire State Building, um, but I can't remember anything else, you know? And I think it's, mm -hmm. I could get caught up in that, oh God, I'm missing out. So how have you reconciled that? Because mm. I know you're a very optimistic, that's one of the things I would say about yeah. you, knowing you is that <laughs> yeah. you have a really good outlook on life mm. and you're very, very optimistic, like loads of energy. But how do you genuinely reconcile that within yourself? Yeah, that's a great, oh, that's a great question. I suppose I just accept it. Mm -hmm. I think I can't change it. True. So therefore, if I can accept it, that it is what it is, and as long as I've consciously taken pictures or I've written down my diary, so whenever we travel, I always write in a, like a journal, uh, and I look back at those and I go, oh, I was there. Mm. But I think otherwise I think I'd get too... I suppose caught up and oh woe is me and I've never been that type yeah. of person mm -hmm. so therefore I think no actually I'll accept it for what it is I know I've been I can tell you but don't ask me what we had to eat at some posh restaurant it's like I can't even do that what yeah. we did last week you know yeah. mm -hmm. um you know the team and I went out for our usual get together at the beginning of the year and beautiful beautiful restaurant and they're still talking about the food and I'm going did we have that <laughs> like, I can't remember that. It was lovely, but I'm sure. But yeah, so it's very in the moment. I think quite important though, isn't it? I think mm. is that piece around acceptance. Mm, because massive. I think if you don't accept, then you would be in conflict with yourself yeah. all the time. all the time. And I, that's, oh my God, that's so exhausting. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, I had, uh, unfortunately I had 2000, I think it was about 2000, ended up in hospital for three months with a gallbladder infection, which I never knew I had, mm -hmm. and therefore was in hospital for three months. And again, coming out of that, well, you, I don't, I probably didn't appreciate how serious it was. Yeah. Because I always have, oh, I'd be all right. We'll get around it. We'll find a way through it. So that optimism is yeah. something. But everybody else around me is going, oh my God, that's awful. And the car crash and I'm going, okay, um, but I'm here. And I can Which move on. Is pretty good, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, and I think that's for me. Otherwise, you're right. I think I would just drive myself insane yeah. and probably end up in a, you know, on my own, rocking in a chair, probably, which mm -hmm. isn't an option. Yeah. I really strongly believe actually your life is there. Make it, make the right choices for you. And the sooner you, the more you wallow in it, actually, the energy that takes just yeah. drags you down. And I think we all have an option and a choice to make our choices wisely mm. with some support and help and exploration I think as to what do I want and what's important and how do I do that so quite practical as yeah. well in that mm. and after that incident mm. did you have any reconsiderations around your business or you were, were you still like this is where I want to be yeah. this is exactly the work that I want to mm. be doing yeah no reservations at all I did go and get a job for a 12-month contract um, working for a music a company that were going through transition mm -hmm. um, and I just applied so I had to get some stability and obviously when the I just went I can do that I hadn't worked in HR for I don't know how long but it was a HR VP of HR for Europe role and we were transitioning 
And I think they took a punt on me because I came at it from a coaching perspective. Yeah. So Laura Thompson-Staveley, who works with me on our podcast and my co-host on that, she took my work work from yeah. Wishfish mm -hmm. and then did that for me while I worked at this four days a week doing this contract. So tell me, what was the need for stability? What was going through your, your mind, um, your heart at that particular time? Yeah, I think... When I look back now, and obviously I did my prep for this, I, I, I sort of sat there and I went, Mum, what was going on at the time? And she said, well, you had some work coming in and obviously your business was doing really well and hence you transitioned full-time into making it happen. Then that happened. And then she said, I think you panicked again mm -hmm. because you didn't have a pipeline of work. Right. You didn't know where the next penny was coming from. And I've always said, trust the process. Something will come. If you open your mind up enough mm -hmm. and you ask to go show me the way, whether it's like I did working in Blockbuster Video, <laughs> which was fun, um, something will come your way. Yeah. But you have to be, um, I think you have to be open and and put that out there yeah. and then be able to notice when it's actually staring you right in the face. So like the job, it was at EMI Music, iconic. I could not not do it. Oh my God, it was the best thing I ever did yeah. because it just reinforced my passion again for one, do I really want to work for a corporate? No, yeah. not really. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go through a transition and change to that degree because of redundancies again? No, not really. But because I knew I was there for a 12-month contract, it didn't. Feel, it felt very different. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I could add value through coaching, helping career coaching yeah. because I'd been there before. And so I was still living my on purpose. Mm -hmm. I was still passionate about what I was doing. And whilst it was really hard, yeah, I could not not have done it. So... I suppose that's what drove me to get the stability back in my business to know that actually I can live for another three months yeah. without having to work. So I probably never let go of that ethos of I've got some money here that's going to last me until. Yeah. So therefore, what am I going to do today to ensure that I'm not going to just wait and run out and then panic? I'm going to go, right, OK, what do I need to do to ensure that doesn't happen? Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And it feels in many ways, tell me if I'm wrong, mm. but it feels in many ways that on the back of your experience of those redundancies that actually it's taught you to be resourceful. Massively. And you can actually, do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, but it also feels, though, that there was a moment in time after the accident when you did need that stability. Yeah. That kind of the normal. Mm. Because we both have got businesses, and, and for those also who are listening who've got businesses, everyone knows how difficult it is when you don't have that pipeline. Yes. And actually there's no guaranteed income coming in. No. Which is quite quite stressful at times mm. and so I can see the need there to get that stability just to help you I'm going to use the word heal yeah to kind of you know kind of help you through that process yeah definitely because um, I had to prove to myself yeah in effect that I could still do that mm. and I think that was the bit especially um you know with a head injury and everything else I just thought I can't remember stuff so maybe I'm no good anymore yeah. so and again, it was only on reflection and doing obviously other workshops with you that you obviously always gets to reflect. It's just that moment in time where you go, actually, no, that was good for me. Yeah. Because it did reinforce that one, I could do what I love to do and keep doing it and and just be me. And I think being, um, I suppose for so long, I'd probably hidden behind somebody I maybe wasn't as true to myself as. Okay. So therefore to be able to say, well, this is me. Yeah. You know, yes, I don't remember stuff, not being afraid to tell people in the workshop that, well, you might get this today or you might get that tomorrow. Who knows? But let's go with the flow. Um, and I always now say, you know, I have a set of slides. Doesn't mean I'll use them. So yeah. it's really interesting to go, you know what? No, I'm just going to be me. But that's hard, right? Mm. Because I've been on that journey yeah. and I know how hard that is. And it's really difficult. It is. So you've talked about there 
trusting the purpose, yeah. living on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I'm keen to understand what that journey looked like in terms of you being true. Yes. Because it's, it's, it's quite difficult when, especially when you are needing to show people that you can do the job. Yes. And I think coming, having, so I first came across purpose and values back in one of the organizations. I can't remember what it was now, probably, I can't remember exactly. 20 years ago, maybe. And they did a big exercise where they took us all as the HR team up to the Malvern Hills, never been there before in my life. And it was like, wow. And we were put in a room and we're all HR professionals. We had to do our timeline and I refused to do it. Um, and it was this timeline of your highs and lows that from your, your to here. Um, so this was before my car crash. So I, I knew I had a lovely timeline going through divorce and everything else. So it just adds to the mix. And I refused to do it because I didn't want to probably look at the person that was coming back at me. I might not have liked Mm -hmm. that person. But now I look like, oh, my God, it was the best thing ever because it unlocked that fear of not being validated, not being wanted. All of Mm -hmm. that stuff came back with with a vengeance, actually. And we had to then write down our values at that time and our purpose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was before, I mean, loads of people do it now, but I'd never experienced something like that. You know, we're talking 20, 30 years ago. And I just think it was now, I think, wow. And I've just continued to make sure that I'm in, aligned with my purpose and my values. They've shifted over time, yeah. of course. And then I did some work with um, Heathrow Airport around their purpose and values program. They were rolling out to everybody. So it was a great opportunity for me because I could revisit that again mm-hmm. and just see, am I living on purpose? Is my purpose still relevant? And it had to change. So that was really good to do that. So mm-hmm. I suppose one of the things I would always encourage people to think about is just because you might set something you know, 10 yeah. years mm-hmm. ago, mm-hmm. Keep looking at it and is that still true for you? Um, And I must admit that's what I've done ever since is just gone back and reflected and just went, yeah, am I still living on purpose? Yeah, I am. Okay, off you go. So it's just that permission to continue really and but with added value of learning and never stop learning. I think that's what I suppose the biggest lesson when I was doing some research on this is never stop learning because then you'll just become stagnant and stale. So I've always looking for new ways of doing things. And, and I suppose, uh, re, re, you know, prepping for this, I probably realized back then with the car crash, I had to relearn yeah. how to be in a room with people. And yet I probably hadn't appreciated it at the time. It was just something I had to do to get by. Whereas now when I've stopped to reflect on it, I go, oh yeah, that was a, that was a huge actually. Yeah, but really I big. don't often mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, doesn't everybody do that? So that's really interesting for me to explore that. Yeah, I can see that and, and totally connect and totally understand that. So, so this sense of then values. Mm. So if somebody is questioning, well, like you said, you know, just because I've got my values 10, 20 years ago, this, mm-hmm. is, who, this is how I live my life then. And this is what's important to me now. You're right. doesn't mean to say that it has to be the same all the way through because we're evolving absolutely all the time so how did you reevaluate and could you talk through maybe a little process mm, yeah so that it's just easy for people maybe who are listening to understand yeah how they could maybe do it for themselves yeah absolutely um so i will sit down and think about okay what makes me happy mm-hmm. what brings me joy what am i super proud of what i've achieved and then doing that and then looking at well if that's what makes me happy and joy and proud and everything else and that could be anything how have i made that happen so then looking back at the skills that I've got 
that enable me to know, well, yeah, I'm doing that because yeah. I am uh, show gratitude for the people around me, kindness, caring, compassion. I mean, I'm curious about what goes on. Um, so it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's right then. So you sort of capture however many words you want and then break them down into probably 10 and then break them down even more to maybe four, four or five core values that enable you to make the right decision. So when you're really up against it, if you then look at those four core values that are so important to you and integral to who you are, then you can make a decision based yeah. on that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the rest will always come into play, yeah. but it enables you, or I certainly found it enabled me to make better decisions, to make better choices, to know what's important for me, because yeah. I'm a natural people pleaser. And I went, no, I'm doing this for me, you know, because I can, because it's important to me. Yeah. And every now and again, that person appears. It's not all the time, but every now and again, it's that, no, I, am I living on purpose? Because, you know, my purpose is enable others to, sh to sparkle by shining a light from within. It doesn't mean anything, really, but it does. If, it does. if you yeah. explore it, it's yeah. like, oh, mm -hmm. I can do that. And everybody goes, oh, actually, that's what you do. So mm -hmm. to have that feedback coming back, that validation coming back at me, at first I go, oh, it's nothing. You know, I went, no, I'm going to listen to it and I'm not going to just block it out or push it away because they're saying that because it was important for them to tell me that. Yeah. And I think that's something over the last probably 10 years that I've had to get used to hearing. Because up until then, I probably went, that's fine. But I've taken it on board and went, no, that's who I am. So therefore, I'm really living my true self, and, and which I, is important. And I think you're right. I think it's important, isn't it, to... to to sometimes get that reconfirmation, you mm. could use the word validation, but I think I think to actually get that kind of mirrored back to you yeah. is quite important. And again, what I'm hearing is is the acceptance of that and yes. the, the, the 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 acknowledging it. Yeah. So not only acknowledging it within yourself, you're actually getting acknowledged by others as yeah. well. And that doesn't often happen, but when it does, you're right, maybe we shouldn't push it away or, Definitely. or kind of think, oh, it's just nothing. Yeah. Because we are, I mean, most people dumb down that kind of, Absolutely. Um, you know, like I said, that validation or that recognition or any praise. We always like go, oh, well, it's nothing. But actually it does matter. Mm, massively. And I think as that kind of combination to make sure that actually, so it's a good check-in, isn't it? Yeah. So am I living on purpose? Am I living on purpose? Am I being true to my values? Mm -hmm. And because I see values, and it's just as you've described, but I see values as being like a, it's your moral compass. It's, yes. You know, it's, it's how you show up in the world. It's how you yeah. live your life. It's how you communicate. It's what relationships you have. And, and that should actually show up in everything, shouldn't it? In oh, all gosh, aspects yeah. of your life. Everything. Um, and then by doing that, then obviously you can check in with a, yeah, yeah. Am, I, am I doing this am on I purpose? Am I doing that? Yeah. And mm -hmm. if other people see that, then, oh, I must be. Yeah. You know, so nice you're not getting complacent with it as well. And I think yeah. that's the other thing that, you know, don't just settle. I think there's yeah. always opportunity if you want it. And I suppose that's that, you know, what's important for you yeah. and reestablishing you know, what is important to you and do you believe in yourself as well? Yeah. I think, um, you know, some of the biggest lessons that I've taken from my experiences up until now has, you know, believing in myself more yeah. um, than I have ever done before and trusting the process. So trusting that whatever will happen, it will be all right. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's something I've done. And um, but I've probably now more than ever surrounded myself with people that support me and what I do and trust in, and you trust the people around me, which I probably never did before. Mm -hmm. um, 
whether that's an age thing or not, I'm not quite sure, but um, I just feel safe, if that makes yeah. sense. And I think that I know I always say to people when I'm coaching you, I'll walk alongside you yeah. as, you know, as we're working together. So I'll hold you safe. But actually to feel that as from well other from other people, it just so it goes, yeah, so for that to happen, then I must be doing that or yeah. demonstrating that in the way I talk, the behaviours and everything. And I do think, you know, what goes around comes around. Mm. I'm a firm believer that what you, you do for others, mm. you can get that back for yourself. Yes. And it's interesting because obviously, you know, that we're recording the podcast and, and you know, everyone I've spoken to in this season has said exactly ah, the same. Okay. So it's really Isn't, interesting. Yeah, it is. That, and I don't know whether it's to do with age or not, to be honest. It, it, it might not be. I don't, I don't know whether it has mm. not. But, but what's interesting is that to, to have that network, to open yourself up to trust others mm. in Huge. the way that you're showing for your clients yep. and everything else, um, I think is really wonderful. Yeah, And, and yeah. I don't think we do that enough at times no I think you're right and I think you know when you look through the generations you know if you think the 80s and 90s and 2000s were you know let's get out there you can yeah. find any job you want yeah. let's make lots of money let's focus on self 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 all the time I want this I want that and and actually I think that's when we have missed that what's that person need yeah and for me I suppose that's where coaching has always been about the other person always it's never about you as the coach and if it is then I don't yeah. think you should be coaching personally um but that ability to have that but I think a lot of people don't recognize that it's yeah. always been how do I get that promotion how do I get what I want so it's I suppose it's selfish too hard a word I'm not sure but it's quite self-centered and I think that in the work that we do it isn't about us it's not about being self-centered it's all about the other person yeah. being their best self and I think if we can take a chance and look out for other people more and lift up our heads and go, what does that person need? Yeah. Can I help them? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's where, personally, I think that's where we need to go as a society because it's been quite, it's all about me. And Absolutely. I'm all right, Jack. And yeah. well, no, but what about that person over there? They might need some support. So I, I, think, it's I think it is shifting. But I think there is that, I probably can say that because I'm from that generation of, you know, but 60s child, you know, with the 70s and 80s, 90s, all about yeah. me, me, me. And not that I ever did that, but it was interesting that I've always kept true to that person back then. Mm -hmm. When I talked to my mum, she said, well, you're still kind and caring and looking yeah. out for others. You've always done that. And that's just helped me all the way through to where I am today, which I hadn't really connected until I was talking to her about this either. So that's, in, I haven't changed per se I've got wiser yeah and I think that's the difference we bring wisdom to As the party older, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's from experience though yeah. I think you know wisdom you could be 24 and have wisdom right yeah. because if you're you've had of loads course. of experiences mm -hmm. so I think that's what I think that's what the difference is is what are you learning from your experiences yeah. and are you making a change or doing something different or are you just staying stuck and then going around that rabbit warren of yeah. same old, same old, and no one loves me and blah, blah, all that. Yeah. Whereas actually, I think it's that bit said, no, what are you going to do for you? Yeah. But then how can you also help other people yeah. help themselves too? And you know that I'm a firm believer in that because yeah. I do think it's so important. Because I think actually, for me, I think you have to start with self yes. first. Yeah. Because if you can't be good with yourself, then how on earth can you be good with anybody else yeah. or even support anybody else? Because mm -hmm. you don't have the capacity if you can't do it and honor yourself in the same yeah. way. And so for me, I would say, and again, and I understand the selfishness and I think a lot of people can get misconstrued with that 
looking after yourself mm-hmm. or saying what you want or needing, you know, dealing with your needs first can be, can I suppose many people do call it selfish, but for me, I think it's life supporting yeah. and life affirming. And I think if you don't do that, yeah. then that's why I think you can really lose yourself. Yeah, definitely. So for me, it's always having that balance. Am I doing something for myself? But for me, it's am I doing like three yeah. things for other people? So there's a harmony. I don't Absolutely. think we ever would have a balance again, but there's certainly a harmony in that. Mm. So Am I being true to myself? Yes, I am. So it's a bit of like a checklist. So running through, yeah, am I pursuing my passions? Yeah, tick, I, can, I am doing that. What's the impact that's having on me, but also on those around me? Um, as I said, keeping on learning, the connections that you make, what are you getting out of them as well? But actually, yeah. what are you putting into them? And I think, you know, because you put in what you get out, right? So if you're genuinely caring and you value what other people have to bring, and we meet people where they're at, right? So regardless of their backstory, I think that's something around your mindset and wanting to make a difference. I know that sounds very cliche, but I think that's when I was doing my work around purpose and values was, what do I want to be, you know, we always get asked, what do you want to be known for? I went, me? And yeah. I, is that too simple? But, <laughs> but who am I? You know, yeah. so, you know, that that's such a brilliant exercise to do when you start to think about yeah. who are you? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not quite sure yet. Well, do some work and find yeah. out because then you're more likely to come into this world yeah. with the right intent and purpose to to create a better place. Yeah. So let me just kind of recap them mm. because we've talked about quite a lot. So what I'm hearing you say, and this is just really just as a bit of a moment to reflect a second, is that we can stay true to our values if we take the time to understand what those values are. Absolutely. And then how do we then use those values to live our life according to those values? And actually values, you know, we don't need to have loads of them. No. Three, four yeah. is most probably about I think right. So. Yeah. yeah, about it, there. In terms of just having those core, the things that absolutely are incredibly important mm. to us. And then that's how we should show up in our life. Absolutely. And that's that tick box to say, yeah, I'm doing that. And then when you get that validation back yeah. to accept it and appreciate it yes. and be thankful for it, because that's not always easy to do. But what I'm also hearing you say is that you do need to believe in yourself. Yeah. You need to you trust. Do. Trust. And I suppose as you get older, that does grow a little mm. bit more. But it also feels like without having that in terms of that being core to you, then you could have been living a different life, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely. And so that sense of trusting that it will be okay. Yeah, and actually, it's going to be fine. What's the worst thing? What's that the could worst happen? thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think that's the that's I think that's the bit that I always call it the Dr Pepper moment, right? What's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> yeah, don't explode is what I normally say because if you if you, if you look after yourself <laughs> and you are doing the things that you know help nurture yeah. you. Then you will look after yourself, and yeah. and I think you know when I look at my values around you know passion is a big value of mine. Yeah, you know, am I being passionate about what I'm doing? If I'm not, then I suppose because I came through that you know eleven redundancy later, I knew I could walk into a job. Actually, I can turn my hand to anything if I yeah. want to. Mm-hmm. I might need to tweak things and shape my CV slightly differently or put some different words in. And and I think, but that passion has still got to be yeah. there. Mm-hmm. And the and the joy, I think that's the other thing for me is. Mm-hmm. The joy in just life, I suppose, that's something I've learned through gratitude and practicing that is just to look up and look around and go, wow, yeah. this is beautiful. Because yeah. we're so head down at times that we forget there is joy around us, but mm. we just need to maybe remind ourselves of it every now and again. So exactly. is what I'm doing joyful for me, but also for other people? Mm-hmm. Yes, I've had that back. And I suppose having um, the belief in myself that I can and the courage, I suppose, because 
you know, lots of people said to me when I first set up my business, why are you, yeah, why are you leaving? Um, why are you setting up on your own? My dad was a self-employed um, person anyway, and he said, it's hard work. And I yeah. went, I'm sure it'd be all right. <laughs> it's like, but it's hard work. It's hard you know, work, but, but I love it. But, but I'm it's doing what it, I love. Yeah. And I feel very fortunate that I found it. Um, and if it wasn't for sitting in on that workshop and going, I can do that. You know, um, that sort of was like that light bulb moment. Yeah. It took me about probably five or six years to then follow that through because yeah. then and that's when I came on, on to work with you was but it was the right thing I felt like using your book I'd come home yeah. to what I was supposed mm -hmm. to be doing and that's my purpose in life yeah. so it and felt you can right see that. I mean the way that you talk I mean so energized and, and I said you know that you're the, the, the most optimistic person yeah. I genuinely know but I do think though that goes a long way doesn't it because I think if you if you're happy in your work, mm. you're happy in your life, yep. vice versa. Uh, and I think it is about finding that inner peace, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. The um, harmony around that. Mm. What what does that mean? Yeah. And I think that shifts over time. Of course it does. Um, yeah. And it's just, as you said, taking that moment to just stop and think what's important for me now, yeah. not yeah. then, but now. And sometimes we can whiz off into the future sometimes and go, I want this in five years time. Whereas actually, I think if we come back, what do I want now? Yeah, I think that can be key. And I really like the idea of that in that terms of that reevaluating because again, when we set goals for five, ten years, so much can happen in that period. Even Absolutely. in twelve months, so much can happen. And so I think that sense of is this working for me now? Yeah, is it what I want now? I think is very, very mm. important. I it think you're is. right because we spend yeah. so much time elsewhere yeah. rather than in being the moment. in the now. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. and I think you know, I know that you know, as you said, obstacles come and they keep coming. Yeah, um, yeah, because obviously now, unfortunately, my mum and dad aren't a hundred percent where they should be. They're getting old, so you know, I've come to terms with that. The inevitable's happen. They're not going to get any better. They're on that mm. you know slippery slope out of life at some point. But actually, knowing that, what can I do to help them? live their life out as best yeah. as possible and if i can support them and, and have the courage to challenge what maybe they're getting told because they may not understand it then i know that i can help them and support them as well so that's that's been another shift and an obstacle to get over because i suppose this kind of transition that your parents are going mm. through and most probably what my parents will go through eventually yeah. they're on their you know they're, they're they're in their late 70s and yours are in their 80s yeah aren't they, they I are yeah. yeah and so it's it's a really um interesting but quite difficult i can imagine mm. time of life and i know i've got other clients and friends whose parents are going through things quite similar yeah and so i'm wondering because obviously it feels to me tell me if i'm wrong but it feels that because of the coaching experience and you are a coach and people might listen to things and say well it's all right for her she's a coach you know and but it does feel to me though that you are absolutely utilizing mm -hmm those concepts and the philosophy yep. around coaching yes to one help you overcome yep. obviously maybe not the redundancies but certainly since then mm -hmm. in terms of your accident but also now I'm assuming with your parents yep. so what approach are you taking now yeah that you're recognizing I suppose mm. that you're doing with your parents yeah I suppose it's time and patience and trusting the process mm -hmm. um and this process happens to be getting them through all the medical things they need to get through and knowing that actually one step at a time so rather than rushing ahead so i think that's you know let's let's break down if you like the overarching goal and go okay what do we need to look at so it's very bringing it back to basics sometimes so i think the ability to listen 
and open my heart to what they're wanting. Yeah. Because, yeah, I could crumble and fall thinking about the fact that they're not going to be around for much longer. But that, is that going to help them right now? No. Mm-hmm. So there's no point me losing it, you know, if they they need that support. So I suppose it's listening, it's being tolerant, I suppose, and enabling them to just process what they're going through. Yeah. And I think that's where coaching, because we do, we do the same, right? We enable somebody to explore what they want and how they're going to go about it and um, share their experiences from life that could help them. And, you know, that that's interesting because my dad's been diagnosed with vascular dementia. So he can't remember what he read in the newspaper on the same day, but he can certainly, when we talk about his work, when he was younger and what he did. So I suppose I've, adapted my way of saying so do you remember when you used to do that dad what did that feel like you know so it's being able to get him to remember that and say well mm-hmm. how might we bring that into what we need to do today like getting you for a, for a walk and he goes all right love you know so yeah. it's it's really interesting to adapt and flex mm-hmm. to what their needs are now but at the same time knowing that i need that space to be yeah. able to do that so i'm making sure that i am living on purpose and I am being courageous and saying no keeping my boundaries I think is really important um because in my old self I would probably have gone right okay let's all live in together and I'll live and care for you forever do I want to do that Mm -hmm. no I don't and that's been I've had to come to terms with that my natural gut feel is to go right I'll just go and provide care for them but that's not going to help me it's certainly not going to help them so it's then having that honest conversation Mm -hmm. with myself to say is that going to help am I being true to myself no, I'm not because I'd probably regret that. No, I wouldn't probably. I would regret yeah. knowing that that's what it was. And I'm not going to repeat the pattern of my mum. So yeah. I think there's lessons all the way along people's lives that Absolutely. we can fall into that same trap or the pattern because that's how we've been conditioned. But is that the right thing to do? But I suppose that, though, requires awareness, right? Massive, yeah. And so I think that if you don't have that awareness, it's very easy to fall into the trap mm-hmm. and you know don't have those boundaries. So tell me about cultivating that awareness. Mm. I think it's listening to your to yourself. To yourself. Mm. And if you can feel, I'm a big feeler, and if you can feel like your gut feel, yeah. if it's like mm, something's not quite aligning here, it's not ignoring it and going, oh, you know, it's actually going, what is that about? Yeah. And I think I would not have never have done that had I not gone through coaching and experience, you know, when you feel something. Mm-hmm or you sense something, so a um, big sensor, sense, sensor, and I go, oh, that doesn't, something's not quite right, what's yeah. that all about? So I'll question it, I'll be yeah. curious about mm-hmm. it, um, I'll explore it, I don't need to make a decision about it yet, but I can certainly take that time to just, even if it's five minutes, yeah. and just go, what's that about? So it's like I'm talking to this person over here, you know, what's that about? What's going on? Where is that sitting? All of the stuff that we do for our clients is actually doing it for yourself. Yeah. So I think that's going to help you. I mean, I, I sound like I do it all the time. It's hard. It's yeah, of course. I consciously work at it. And there are some times where I'm quite happy to just sit there and watch EastEnders and just zone out completely. Why but not? Why not? But mm-hmm. it's things like that where you go, oh, this is just, just being, I suppose, at peace. And peace means different things for different people. Yeah. But when that calmness comes mm-hmm. over and you can just go and breathe. Yeah. And I think that's what I've pra- kept practicing is breathing and I know we talk a lot about breathing on the pod. Take a breath. Yeah. When everybody's emotional, you go, just just breathe. And I think we underestimate the power of the breath. Yeah. And you know that with yeah. through work you do, right? Absolutely. So it's just so simple, but we forget it's it's 
yeah, it's there. But you know yourself, when you're running around after others, when mm. you don't have those boundaries in place, that that breath is very shallow. Mm, it's very, very, it's a very limited breath, isn't yeah. it? It doesn't actually get into the deepest part of your belly. It's not really providing the oxygen to the body where it needs to get to. Yeah. And it can slow us down, in fact, rather than thinking it's going to mm. help us. It can actually have the complete opposite effect. Yes. and Slow us down and actually not make us less productive, less focused, yeah. more stressed and all of those things. Um, so you... There's a lot of learning in here, isn't there? There is. <laughs> so I'm keen to understand what's been the two or three big, big insights. Because you have been through a number of obstacles. Mm. One, very life-threatening. Yeah. Thankfully, it wasn't. Mm -hmm. All of those big redundancies when you were earlier on in your career as yeah. a single mom and all of that. And then you've obviously now got this, which is very challenging yeah. with your parents and quite sad in many ways. Yes. But yet you're still needing to run a business. Yes. Be true to yourself. Be true to myself. Keep your relationships <laughs> yeah. going. Yeah. Although your son now is grown up, but, he is, still, but he's still, still a mum. Yeah. So you've got all these other responsibilities as well. So keen to understand the guiding light through all that. Mm. Oh, that's such a good question. And I suppose it's consciously practicing what's important for me. Mm -hmm. So care, compassion and kindness from others, but also for myself. And I often will look for affirmations or I'll look and pick a card up and go, what does that mean for me? So yeah. that has really helped writing it down, looking for affirmations. And obviously, you know, every time I did bring with me Marianne Williamson's poem, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> because it just, it, I, I just think that's it. You know, wow, we, you know, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented and famous? Actually, who are you not to be? Exactly. And I think things like that will just get me back on track. And then it you knows you go, right, okay, I can go again. I can do this. You know, so it's that bit that says I need to just go first. Yeah. And then take a deep breath and then go, right, what practically, what can I do? Whether mm -hmm. it is that uh, reading something, whether it's connecting with people that I know yeah. are going to lift me up mm. or it's just a completely different energy that they give you and you're in it. So you yeah. can feel that. And um, I think that's important. And I think that last bit that you've just said, I mean, all of it is amazing, but that last bit in particular, um, because when you are giving, and if people are listening out there who find themselves giving a lot mm. of energy to others, it is really important that you get that given back. Yes. Because that is the, that kind of law, isn't yeah, it? Of, it is. It's the universal law of giving and receiving. Yeah. And you know when you give too much, then your boundaries are out, you skew whiff, and yeah. you, know, you need to get back on track. And I think having people that can lift you. Mm. Yeah is really important yeah. especially when you've got some big stuff going yeah. on in your life and i think that learning i think you know so going and you know thinking i haven't done anything that's going to nourish me from a from a mm. mind perspective mm -hmm. so you know what am i going to read or i'm actually i'm just going to turn up at a workshop and who knows what i'll learn yeah. but i'll just be in that space yeah. which means your mind shifts for that moment to be focused on whatever it is you're learning or hearing. Yeah. And then when you come away, I certainly just will make myself some notes because I was I never remember what they say and I'm frantically writing some notes. And then I'll come back and then you get back into what you were doing. Yeah. But you can always reflect back on that. So if you do a journal, I do a journal, um, you can always look back and go, oh my God, yeah, that's very true. That That's what I did three weeks ago, which I forgot completely about. But yeah. I think it's about the relationships you build and the connections that you make and making sure you're surrounding yourself with people that believe in you as you know you've got to believe in yourself first yeah. you know because you know that belief will drive all your thoughts and feelings and then your behaviors so if you've got that negative voice going on or you're not good enough you don't yeah. borrow all that then guess what that's what will potentially yeah. 
keep going over and over. And I think I learned from being made redundant um, was I could think differently about it. It mm -hmm. wasn't my fault that I got made redundant. Yeah. It was the process, it was the company, it was bigger than me. Yes. So what bit of it could I control? Well, I could okay. control helping other people get through it. And I could also control going and finding another job because I can't change the world. You know, I'd like we like to, but we can't. So coming right the way back to, so what can I do? Yeah. What's within my gift? to help support mm. others, to, to move forward. Even if it's one little step, it's still yeah. a step forward. And I think that's the mantra. And I do my daily quotes. As you know, I sit there really quietly as part of my rituals in the morning and just go, what should I put on my thought for the day? And it might be something that somebody said or I've read or I've just been inspired by listening. And then I just sit there and then it just comes. And I Oh, and I just put it out there and I get sometimes get comments. Sometimes I get people write to me d directly yeah. and go, you, that was just what mm -hmm. I needed. How yeah. did you know? And I go, but it's what you, you needed at the time because yeah. you're, you're actually focusing in on yourself. Yeah. So you will then, the gifts will come if you open your mind to heart to want it to arrive. You, it will, it will arrive. Yeah. Trust it. So trust, 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 trust self, trust self, believe in yourself. Yeah but also trust the process around you. Definitely, yeah. Don't try and force it. If it's not meant to be, it won't feel right. Yeah. So don't so keep going, keep going. Pay, that, yeah. Massively mm -hmm. pay attention to what's going on. There's, and if you still want to pursue it, then pursue it with questions. Be curious about yeah. it. Explore it first. No one, you know, as I always say, you know, whether you do something or nothing, it's still a decision. Mm. But both have different consequences. They do. And I suppose also just on the back of that, just before we kind of wrap up mm. our conversation, is the word courage that you've used. Mm. Again, it's been a common theme in the <laughs> last conversations. As well. There's something going on in the ether here. Yeah. Um, but this sense of courage and and actually having the courage to say, no, or mm. that's not what I want. Or actually, I don't need to go ahead with that. I can yep. change my mind. Yes. And, and that's, I can still yeah. keep my boundaries. And I can still keep my boundaries. But some people shy away from that because they're worried about what other people will think of them and yeah. and I, yeah we've all been there right we still have those moments i still do oh my god they didn't didn't come back to me after their third session i wonder oh maybe it's something i did i went no maybe it's because it, they weren't in the right place yeah. so i can always look for okay what could be the the other side of the coin yeah because yeah, there's always two i think there's always three sides but there's always two sides to every every yeah. story and it's which one am i going to tell myself that's going to help me so amazing yeah what a fantastic conversation oh thank, thank you. you for going through all that and sharing your story with us it's been tremendous and some really good insights there so where can we get hold of you? You can find us at Wishfish, so www.wishfish.org.uk. So you can find us on that. Plus my um, Instagram handle is wish, at wishfishcoach. So you can find me through that if you want to tap into the daily thought. I'm Debbie Green on LinkedIn and um, Facebook as well. And then we've also got the Secrets from a Coach podcast that Laura Thompson and I do together. So we've got an at Secrets from a Coach on Instagram. And then we're just about to put some stuff out on YouTube at the moment. And yeah, so we're on all the platforms under right. Secrets from a Coach. So we can find you wherever, oh my God, wherever we you want, want to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> and if you haven't yet uh, listened to Deb's podcast and Laura's podcast, it is definitely worth listening to. Um, great entertainment, lots of insight and lots of really good chat. Yes, I love it. And the daily thoughts, of course, yeah. Yeah, which are amazing. And actually, I get the daily thoughts sent to me yeah, on WhatsApp every day. Yeah, so do. I kind of love them. I'm like, oh, that's another one. Thank you very much. <laughs> so thank you so much. It's Pleasure. been absolutely amazing talking to you. It's um, been lovely. Thank good. you. I'm so 
pleased to have been able to have this time with you again. It's just you were the inspiration for getting me into it and I would never have been where I am today without your support. So I cannot thank you enough. I'm forever grateful for oh, that. You're welcome. Thank you too. <laughs> thank oh. you. Well, what can I say? Debs is just amazing. I've loved working with Debbie over the years. I call her Debs or Debs, but you'll get my gist. It's the same person. Um, but I've loved working with Debbie because she has this amazing optimism. When life throws a load of crap at you, she is able to roll up her sleeves, take a moment to reflect, take a big, big, deep breath, and more than anything else, figure out how she's going to move forward. And I think that's great testimony for somebody who's got huge resilience and more than anything else, a really deep sense of self and connection and understanding about what's going on for her and more than anything else, what she needs. I've learned a huge amount from talking to Debs today because I think she shared some really good insights. I suppose what struck me the most about the conversation is that at any point in our life, we can reevaluate, we can decide on our values we can take that deep breath and just pause. And more than anything else, we can check in. Does this bring joy? Does this make me feel happy? And am I living my life on purpose with my core values at the heart of everything I do? But what also struck me is this sense of mindset, optimism, and deep belief in self. At the end of the day, anything is possible if you put your mind and heart and soul into it. And I think Debs is great testament to that. So I hope you've enjoyed this conversation because I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to Debs today. Um, as I said, I've got some great insights and I hope you have too. Mm -hmm.